to the book of Ruth. Didn't know it was going to turn out this way, but we shared a message from Ruth Sunday night. It's, it's something that came to me about two years ago through the study, and I had 90% of it done and most of that in my head, and, and then finally uh, had the opportunity to share that. So, so we've been through a study of Ruth. We shared Ruth Sunday night, and for our character study for Wednesday nights, uh, here we are in Ruth again. But the Bible character we're going to speak of tonight and share is not Ruth, even though we're in the book of Ruth, we're going to talk about Naomi. And let's just get right to it and let's meet Naomi. Naomi's name means my joy, my bliss, pleasantness of Jehovah. What a good meaning to her name. It's, it's a name that would make you think of someone as being really, really charming, someone very delightful to speak to, just easy to speak to, easy to be around. And Naomi had a husband named Elimelech, and his name means my God is king. What, what a regal definition for this man's name. It's been said that this man... Uh, came from a prominent family. And, and that, that would, he, was high, he was a highly regarded man. And, and that would lead us to believe that if this is true, that this is a couple who didn't have to struggle coming up, Elimelech and Naomi, right from the beginning. There's, no, there's really nothing wrong in that. I, I remember struggles. I remember asking if it's okay to get my hair cut this week and can I do that this week? Or are we going out, can we go out to eat this week? And uh, nothing wrong with that. Builds a lot. They, they, they possibly got to bypass that due to the family of Elimelech. They were both Jews. They both lived in Bethlehem, Judah. And... They had a family. They had two sons, Malon and Chilion. And, and as we focus on Naomi and this family, we are going to see that though her and Elimelech started out comfortably, Naomi goes through some great struggles. And there's a beautiful turning to God that happens in Naomi's life. And God uses Naomi, and it looks like Naomi doesn't even know that it's happened. She doesn't realize how effective she is as a child of God and as a witness. And she is blessed in the latter part of her life. Some consider hanging it up, though they're alive. People don't live any longer throughout their life, but she is blessed in the very end of her life. We don't know about her past. So we'll just go with that on meeting Naomi. But something we have to talk about for a little while tonight is Moab and Naomi. Naomi doesn't start out living in Moab. She is in Bethlehem. Her family is in Bethlehem. They are in the land of God. It's where God's people are. It's where the Jews are. But Naomi 
finds herself in Moab. There came a famine into the land of God's people. And you know, most of the time when a famine would come about, a lot of times it was for the sinfulness of God's people. And it's God teaching His people a lesson. It's not a time to leave through famine. It's not a time to go anywhere when God doesn't say go anywhere. It's a time of famine. They're doing without some. And something else that seems to tell us that Elimelech came from a highly regarded family and that maybe he wasn't used to doing without because he starts squirming immediately when he realizes that there's a famine. You know, people aren't leaving, so people are going to be able to survive. But he might be used to plenty. And he thinks about leaving and compromising everything just so he can have a lot. So 30 miles away is the land of Moab. And they have food. And so this Elimelech, he takes his wife Naomi and his sons, and here they go to the sinful, idolatrous land of Moab. When hard times came, he just left. He went where there was something for him. You know, when there's poverty in the land of God, that doesn't mean there's not promise still in the land of God. There's always promise in the land of God. And they made the wrong decision to leave. And here they go off into Moab. Elimelech leads his family there. The right thing to do was stick it out through the struggle. But Elimelech didn't do that. And here they are with two young sons. And they're going off to this place of Moabites. Their people are back home and they're going off here. Can you imagine the burden of our Bible character tonight, Naomi, as a mother? Taking two sons off. And what are kids going to do with other kids? They're going to mingle with them. They're going to play. And she goes off with the burden of what might happen to her sons. Because under Jewish law, there was only supposed to be the marrying of Jews. They weren't to go off into these other people groups of, of godless people. And yet, here they go moving into this environment, taking their kids into this environment. And the mother was burdened for great reason because all of the sudden here, now we see that these two sons, they are mingling among the Moabites and they are going outside of the law of their people and they are taking themselves wives of Moabite women. And the result of a lack of faith is already starting to surface. They go off not trusting the Lord to meet their needs and to learn the lesson the Lord has for them. They're going off for, for substance, for stuff, and they're suffering the results from it. Their boys marry the Moabites. You know, there are always consequences for actions, and now Naomi has two Moabite daughters-in-law. And 
You know, what's happening when you make a decision like this? They're going off to this place and they're adapting to the area, you know, starting to become somewhat desensitized. And, you know, they they take these daughters-in-law in and they're in the land. I mean, a choice of going there is the adapting of the environment that's going to happen in a lot of ways. So here we have this woman, Naomi, and she finds herself following her husband, his lead, and they're living in a foreign land. They're dealing with their sons, conforming to the environment that they have been placed in. And so you have Moab and Naomi. This is what her burden is. She's having to be here and she's having to deal with this. But things get worse in the matter of just looking at the decision made. All of a sudden now we have misfortune in Naomi. Naomi is having to deal with death all around her. Her husband dies in the land of Moab. Her two sons die in the land of Moab. She's having to deal with death all around her. I mean, there is nothing left of flesh and blood in relation to her and Moab. Moab is living up to its name as a city now. The the name Moab, it means nothingness. It means wasted. And Naomi is fully experiencing a nothingness and a wasting in this land. She is getting older, Naomi is. She is unable to meet her needs for herself. She is not able to physically work anymore. She is truly a woman of sorrow. She could just hang it up right there. She could just call it quits. She could do what Aunt Coot did. Aunt Coot just lost a desire for life after bad things happened in her life. And she just sat around. And she was alive, and she, but she wasn't living. And there wasn't much to Aunt Coot for many years. And Naomi could have done this. She could have just stayed there in that land of nothingness where it was all blah. She is overwhelmed with the devastating things that have come up in her life. And she could have just thrown her hands up and said whatever. But she doesn't do that. She starts missing her roots. She starts missing her homeland over there in Bethlehem. Oh, she has friends back there. She has family there. She hears that there is food in the land of God's people again. And she decides she wants to go. She is turning back to the Lord. What a great decision to make. She could become bitter over all the devastation of death that she's experienced. And she could, have, she could just shake her fist at God. But she wants to go home. She makes a plan. She decides she's going to make the trip back. She gets together with her daughter-in-laws and she tells them, look, 
I'm going home. There's, there's nothing else that I can do for you here. I'm not going to have more sons that you can marry. You know, I'm no good for you. I'm going to go back home. You stay here in your land. You stay here among your people. You marry again. You do your thing, whatever. I'm going to make this journey, and I'm going home. And they talk about it, and the daughters-in-law, they plan to walk and to journey with Naomi to the border of Moab. See her off at least that far, and then she needs to make it the rest of the way. So here these three widows go, and they go off, and they make their journey, and they come to the border of Moab, and then all of a sudden the waterworks start coming. And they start boohooing and crying over one another. And, and Naomi being the, the older one, the mother-in-law, the leader, she encourages them that, look, you just go back, both of you. Go back and make yourself a land there. Over in the land of the Jews, it's going to be a problem if a Moabites, y'all just... Go on home. And, and Orpah is one of the daughters-in-law. And she goes back. You can imagine her walking away crying. You can imagine the sadness of her. But she goes. And then there's another daughter-in-law. And she's still standing there. She's still there with Naomi. And Naomi says, you go on and go with your sister. And you go too. And Naomi just, she just can't do it. She doesn't want to do it. She begs and she begs for, for her mother-in-law to please take her. She embraces her. She holds her. And, and she pleads that she might go with her. And that's where we go from the misfortune of Naomi to the ministry in Naomi. Naomi doesn't see it. And people don't see it when God's looking to do something amazing in our lives. Think of Joseph of the Old Testament with jealous brothers and the way they treated him. And he ends up in Egypt. And Joseph mistreated there in many ways, but he ends up in such a position to provide food for all of his family and that promise that God made to Abraham to make him a great and mighty nation. It's the continuing of it that happens there by all that God did through Joseph's life. What his brothers meant for evil, God meant for good. God was up to something good through all of these things that Joseph was going through. You might think of Joseph in the New Testament with this fiance Mary. They're not married yet, and so it's a puzzling thing that she would be with child in the womb, and what a dark day for Joseph. What a shocking day for Mary. And yet God was up to the greatest thing that he's ever done. He was going to become flesh and dwell among us and come to save his people from their sins. And again here with Naomi, 
and all of the misery that she has been through. She was led into that godless land and she lost her husband and her sons and she doesn't hang it up. She doesn't just say, I don't care and lay there in bitterness in that idolatrous land and stay there. She makes a decision for the Lord. One decision for the Lord. She decides she's turning back to the Lord. She's going home to God's people. And so Naomi's misfortune becomes a ministry. We read in Ruth chapter 1 and verse 16 where, her da- where Naomi's daughter-in-law says to her in, in that occasion on the border of Moab, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Wow, after all of the death and darkness, there is life and there is light. You know, as we went through Ruth and we were so consumed in following along with, with what's going on and teaching verse by verse, we might have missed, and which is normal, you catch things a second time, a beautiful poetic message that's going on here. It's a beautiful picture of love here. And, and it's between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law. Now that combination, having such a beautiful picture of love, is an amazement in and of itself to some people. You know, mother-in-law, daughter-in-law situation, that's not always cool. That doesn't always work out great. Someone said the punishment for bigamy is two mother-in-laws. One lady went to the pharmacy and and she wanted a she wanted to get some arsenic and the pharmacist said look you have to have a prescription for that she held up a picture of her mother-in-law the doctor says you got a good point but i'm sorry you have to have a letter from a doctor that is signed by him god made a bond, a beautiful bond between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law. And it provides one of the prettiest events, if you will, in the Bible. An amazing picture of love. God used Naomi's misery for ministry. Think think about the daughter-in-law of Naomi. She was born and raised in Moab. All she knew was this godless land. All she knew was the heathen people and all of the gods that they worshipped and idol worshipped to. That's all she knew. She had never been to God's land and seen the land or been around God's people except for one, Naomi. These years with Naomi... And, and here Naomi was saying, you just stay here with your people. But Ruth made an observation and made a decision. She looked at her land and her people 
and their God or their gods. And she looked at her mother-in-law and what she could see of her mother-in-law's God in her. And she chose, she chose Naomi's God and her people without ever having been there. God was setting up and using Naomi for ministry in her life. It was a wrong decision to go there, but God takes these situations and He can always bring something good out of it. And here we have the good of Ruth choosing the God of Israel. Ruth was saved somewhere in the midst of all of this. It may be during that testimony of verse 16 that she was talking about. And Naomi was very significant, was an instrument in her daughter-in-law coming to know the God of Israel, believing in the Messiah, knowing the Lord. What if, what if Naomi would have called it quits? What if, people would have said, I don't blame you. Look at everything you've been through. I don't know how your mind could be uh, working right or your head screwed on right at all. I, I wouldn't blame you. She just, what if she would have just, you know, dried up and blown away and called it quits and, and all of that stuff over her husband's, husband and her sons? She didn't. She chose to turn to the Lord and in that decision, look at what the Lord has done. He, through one of His children, turning to Him, there was another who was turned to salvation, and they were saved. And it may be right here that she was saved. Wherever it was, Ruth was saved. And it was a result of the witness of Naomi. What do we learn from Naomi? Life's greatest losses can become our richest gains. We've got to see through the poverty. We've got to see through the problems that the providence of God is always going before us in a very special care to do something amazing in our lives. That's what God does in calamities. He uses us and He does great things. We're to hang on there in our problems and not deny or dismiss the providence of God, but trust that He is always going before us. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Through the valley of the shadow of death, He is leading us. And we learn this from the ministry of Naomi. But look, Ruth gets saved. Praise the Lord. But it doesn't end there. God's use of Naomi doesn't end there. What God does with Ruth doesn't end there. So we see matchmaking in Naomi as we would continue through this story, this biblical account. Not only is there deliverance from sin, for Naomi's daughter-in-law, 
but now there are blessings that follow. And God is using Naomi and the blessings that follow as well. Here you have Naomi and you have her daughter-in-law. You have a Moabite and you have Naomi who's been away. Maybe there's some shame in her life. Maybe, maybe she's a little nervous about you know, entering into the land. She wants to go. She is going. It's sweet to her. It's strange to Ruth. There's a lot going on here. But here these two women clinging together make their entrance back into the land of God's people. And they create quite a stir. They don't have a single thing. They have no food. They are homeless. They have nowhere to go. They're clinging to one another in poverty. And so here they come into the land, and Naomi, she has zero to offer. Zero she can put forth, really. She can't go work in the field. Her back's not up to it. She can't do that. She just can't do much. But she had a daughter-in-law who saw the Lord in her, and her mother-in-law is everything to her, and she is willing to do the work for both of them. She's willing to go out and to find some work and work her fingers to the bone and to break her back to feed them both. And that's exactly what she does. She's able to go off into a field and glean from the grain that is left. That, that was a law of the Jews that once they went through that, that, that someone, that the poor could come along and glean from the leftovers. And that's exactly what Ruth did for the both of them. You know, you might, you might, you might see a work that's going on in Naomi, but, but you might see a greater work that's going on in Ruth. She's younger and, and she just came to know the Messiah. She has a zeal. She has true love for her mother-in-law. She's able to do these things, and she goes and she does this. She might have more optimism in her youth about a fresh start. Whatever the case, she goes looking for this food, and she works to get it. And she's out in this field. And then you know how this goes. The owner of this field, a man named Boaz, he he notices her, and they exchange conversation. And Ruth goes back to wherever Naomi is after she's worked in the field all day and exchanged pleasantries with this man, and she goes back and she starts telling her about this man in this field. And it's as though Ruth knows more about what's going on between Boaz, it's as though Naomi knows more about what's going on between Boaz and Ruth than Ruth does. And, and so Naomi gets to play Cupid here. And, and she is guiding young Ruth through this. And, and she is giving her the tips she needs. And everything about 
her and this man coming together, Boaz, this godly man. And all of a sudden, Naomi's excited about life again. Her daughter-in-law is saved, and now she sees and witnessing the Lord blessing her daughter-in-law with a man of God. And she's able to play Cupid and matchmaker in the midst of it. And Naomi had a zeal for life again. She is able to see God moving in her life, bringing about this well-respected, kind, generous man of faith to her. What a zeal for life again she has. Watching the Lord bless this brand new child of God with a marriage to a great man of God. Guidance all the way. And Naomi gets to be a part of it. She turns back to the Lord. And the Lord uses her. Naomi was rejoicing again in her heart. Look what God has done for her. She was living up to her name again. My joy, my bliss, pleasantness of Jehovah. It was restored to her life again from a true turn back to the Lord. She, he, she was filled by Him. If she had settled in Moab and just figured what's done is done, She'd ended up empty, just like the name of the land. And she'd have finished her life there. But look what happened when she came back home. She went back home is what she did. I've heard of members of churches. Maybe sometimes God scatter in the flock for reasons we don't know. But there have been members of good churches and they've left before. And they weren't able to find what they had. And, and when they come back, they have said the words, I needed to be back home. I've come back home again. Naomi was back home where she belonged, full of joy and full of bliss in her old age. You might consider the Messiah and Naomi because the other night we talked about a son for, for Boaz and Ruth. Obed, his name meant worshiping. Well, this is the grandson of Naomi. And there was a great-grandson named Jesse. And there was a great-great-grandson named David. And ultimately, after all of this, the Messiah was brought about through the lineage here. You know, Matthew chapter 1, verse 5 as it gives that genealogy of Jesus. There's a, there's a Moabite woman right in the midst of it. Matthew 1, 5. You will find Ruth there. And the reason why she is there is because of Naomi. And that turning back to the Lord that Naomi did and the results of doing so. Let, let this teach us tonight. In, in our depression, in our despair, in our devastating circumstances of life, to turn back to the Lord, 
to turn to the Lord and to trust Him through it all just as Naomi did. She experienced Romans 8.28 before it was ever written down. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God who are the called according to His purpose. God's grace is sufficient during the dark days. The troublesome times we go through, God will take us through them. The dark days will come, but the sun will come out from behind the clouds. You just hang in there with God. You know, I, I heard someone say it one time, and it just stuck with me. And I know I've said it before, but don't give up at 1130 because it just might be that the Lord is going to show up at noon and do something amazing. Don't ever give up on Him. The character tonight is Naomi. The book we're in is Ruth. It's titled Ruth. Ruth is the one who is showcased here. But if it had not been for Naomi, trusting in the Lord through her misery and being used for ministry in Ruth's life, Ruth would have died a heathen in the land of Moab. We look at Naomi here and one decision she made and the amazing blessings that came about as a result. You know, we, we, we've said it before that we need one another, that God is going to use us in each other's lives, God is going to use us in the lives of those who are unsaved. We rub elbows with out in the world and, and look at what one decision can do. Someone was saved as a result and someone was used to lead another one along into the amazing blessings that God had for them. Let us hang in there like Naomi. And, and when we look at our burdens and we look at the problems going on, let us look to the Lord and say, that's where I want to be. Keep me at home here. Well, that, that's it for tonight. And I don't know. We go through characters of the Bible. We teach through books of the Bible. But as we look at a character, it just kind of brings a lot of things together. And not only knowing who the person is, but knowing the book more. And, and we'll see how long this goes on. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And some, somebody said the teacher gets more out of it than those who hear. But I hope that's not the case. And, and we're all blessed. And we all learn from his word. And uh, tonight I'm going to ask that uh, Brother Terry Mer Metter.